Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? Oh, it's going to be fun. We're in this series called Breaking Free. Last week, uh, we talked about racism. We talked about prejudice. This week, we're going to talk about uh, habits, old habits. Um, uh, and this, this isn't just about addictions. It's not just about habits that you want to break, but it's about mindsets. It's about thinking the way that you've always thought and learning to, to, to really training yourself to think differently, to break some things that obviously we, we all... There are still some things in my life that I need to break, everybody. There's just some things that I need to break in my life. Obviously, I think that there are in all of us because none of us are perfect, right? And, um, and in doing so, we're going to study the Word of God today. It's going to speak to us, and um, you're, you're prayerfully, you're going to be changed, not only at the end of the service, but for months and years to come until the Lord Jesus comes again. John chapter 8, starting in verse 1, is where we're going to go. John chapter 8, starting in verse 1. Through 11, I'm going to be reading out of the, uh, the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered and he sat down and he taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. How many know that they're trying to trap Jesus at this point? They're making a public spectacle of not only this woman, but trying to trap Jesus publicly. Teacher, they said, verse 4, this woman was caught in the, in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? They were trying to trap him into saying something that they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. And they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and he said, all right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. And when the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest, we'll come back to that, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said, and Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. Now, there's several things that I want to point out to you in this portion of scripture and you're going to say, what in the world does this have to do with habits and addictions and things like that? Well, it's going to come alive to you in just a second. But we see something very unique, unique happening in this portion of Scripture that Jesus is, 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 they're trying to trap Jesus. And when they first throw this lady down at, at his feet in the middle of everybody, they throw this a, a, a adulterer, this woman at his feet, and they, they start saying, hey, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And Jesus stoops down. And write and writes. And if you say, "Oh, I know what he was writing," no, you don't. No, you don't. Well, I heard a sermon one time. That was that guy's opinion or that woman's opinion. Nobody really knows what he was writing at this time. Now, there are some ideas. There are certainly people's opinions about what he was writing. And I'm going to share with you, everybody, my 
opinion, let's say that together, opinion, this is my opinion about what Jesus was writing, but I don't know. I don't know. It's just my, it's just my guess. So these, these scribes, these Pharisees, these religious teachers, these hypocrites, threw this woman at the feet of Jesus, but the problem was, according to the law found in Leviticus, according to the law, it wasn't just the woman that was supposed to be stoned, that was supposed to be killed. It was also the man. And I'm just wondering if Jesus stoops down and he starts writing the law, showing them that, hey, you, you guys better not go further because you say you're holding to the law, but you're not. Why? Because only one out of the two was there. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. And so he's writing this, but they don't stop there. They just keep going, and they force him to answer, right? Because the Bible says that he actually he writes, and then he, he stops for a second, and he, he talks, he speaks, and then he goes back to writing again, okay? So I'm wondering if they're forcing him to talk, and then he says, okay, I'm going to go ahead and answer this, but uh, hey, hold that thought. I haven't, I haven't finished writing the law down yet. I don't know. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. But whatever happens when the accusers, when the scribes, the Pharisees, the, the religious people hear what he says, that, hey, whoever is without sin, you cast the first, the first stone. The Bible says that starting from the oldest to the youngest, they drop the stones and they walk away. I don't think there's, in fact, I know that there's no, there's no coincidence in the Bible. There's no... There's no um, uh, how do I say this? Every single thing written in the word of God is meant to be there for a reason. There's no mistakes. There's no just a little bit of extra information that nobody really cares about. When the Bible says that it went from oldest to youngest, I think that's significant because beginning with the oldest, you could say it this way, beginning with the wisest. Let me say it, let me say it like this. Beginning with the wisest, it should be easier to drop the stones when all of us have the potential to condemn, to judge, to want to pick up a stone and throw it at somebody else and say, hey, and maybe that's a verbal stone. Maybe you say, well, I want to tell you my opinion. You know what? The older I get, the more I realize I need to keep my mouth shut. How many are with me? Like young, young people, think, well, I'm going to tell you like it is. Well, the older I get, the more I'm like, mm, 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 mm. I've been stupid. You know, I've been an idiot. I've made bad choices. I, I don't have the right to say anything right now. I'm just as guilty as they, they are. I, I've done the same thing. Who am I to condemn? Who am I to judge? I think the older that you get, the wiser that you get, and you should be one of the first ones to drop that, that stone of judgmentalism, of condemnation, of, of, your, of your opinion that you just got to get out there. I think if we're smart, if we're wise, if we're mature, We'll show a little bit more grace than we used to show, amen? We'll show a little bit more, more mercy than we used to show when we were younger. And so they, they dropped those stones and they started walking away. And if Jesus said, of course, to the woman, hey, where are your accusers? Well, they're not here. He said, well, I'm not accusing you either. Just go and sin no more. Like you're free. You're free to go. You're free to go. And I want to point out some things to you about the, the Pharisees and the religious people that the, the first one is that they acknowledged their sin. The fact that they dropped the stone was acknowledgement of their sin. They acknowledged the sin, but not the Savior. Did you know that? 
They acknowledged their sin and not the Savior. You could say it another way, that they admitted who they were, but they did not admit who Jesus was. They admitted who they were. Well, obviously, I'm a sinner too, and I dropped this stone. But they didn't go further and admit who Jesus was. They stopped short. Let me say it a second way, and you might want to write this down. That instead of going to the healer, they went back to their habit. Instead of going to the healer, who could have changed them, who could have changed how they thought. He could have, he could have helped them discover a new heart to live and, and, and actually receive a brand new heart, a brand new start. Instead of going to the healer, they went back to the habit. Yes, they dropped the stone and we say, yay. But I'm, I, I'm guessing because they didn't discover the Savior, they didn't run to the healer, at some other point, they were going to pick those stones back up. And in fact, they did, didn't they? Because these are the same people that hurled insults at Jesus as he was headed to the cross and as he was on the cross. And instead of going to the healer, they went to the habit. They just went back to the way things always were. But they had an out. They were standing right in front of him. They were in his very presence. They saw his wisdom They knew that they couldn't argue against him, but they walked away. They just walked away. And how many times do people come and hear the gospel of grace? They hear about the mercy of God. And they come into a loving environment like this. They come into this place where they're surrounded by people who aren't picking up stones, but are actually just loving them and embracing them and welcoming them and being friends, and and they're in the presence of the Savior. But then they leave, and they just, instead of going to the healer, they just go back to their old habits. And I've seen it again and again and again. And that should grieve all of us, amen? In fact, the Bible says, did you know that the Bible says that when we when we know of somebody that comes in to the presence of God and, and they experience the presence of God and the power of God, that if they go back to their old habits, did you know that the church has been called to go after them, to go pursue them, and to bring them back? Did you know that? How many know that that's in the Word of God? Just, just help me out. Okay. So can I tell you something? One of the one of the things that is very difficult about, a, about being a pastor is when you know somebody's just been loving and worshiping Jesus and then they go backwards. They go, they go to some, they, they, they return to the habit. They, they return to the mindset. You know what I've discovered? That oftentimes I'm the only one that reaches out to rescue them, to pull them back. And a lot of times I, I know because it, it I know it's uncomfortable because it causes confrontation, doesn't it? Like, well, I don't want to go to them. I don't want to point out their sins. I don't want to. No, no, no. You're not pointing out their sins. You're going to them and saying, hey, listen, I've done that too. This isn't the way. 
I've rebelled too. I, I tasted and see, I, I tasted and saw that the Lord was good, but then there were times in my life that I wasn't so good. And I just want to tell you that this is the better life. Come back with me. And I, I'll tell you, every time, every time that I've done that, I've never known one person at this point in my life that I haven't gone to and said, hey, listen, it's time to come back. I, I don't remember one person who said, no thanks. I'm just done with it. I don't care. Now, I do know a lot of people that have said, I don't know how, or it's too late for me, because they were, they were so condemned by the enemy. They, they, they were listening to the accuser of the brethren over and over and over and over again, and they just felt it's too late. I have had that. But in their hearts, they always wanted to. And then I got the privilege of presenting to them the, the grace and the mercy of our Heavenly Father. And shared with them the word of the Lord and said, no, 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 it's not too late. And so for anybody in this room, I'm about to do that for you today. If you say in your heart, if you're listening online and you say today, you know what, I think I've just gone too far. You've got to listen to what I'm about to say. Because you don't understand the grace of God. You don't understand the mercy of God. And I tell you today, if you want to break free, if you want to break free, always run to the healer, never run to the habit. Always run to the healer, never run to the habit. The habit is just the old stinking self that you, that you were disgusted in, that you were disgusted with. The, 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 the old habit was said, I don't ever want to do this again. I don't ever want to live this life. I never thought I would be living this. I never thought I would be struggling with this or, or doing this. That's the old stinking flesh. How many know what I'm talking about? Am I describing it well enough for you? How many know that you got some old stinking flesh in your, in your rear view mirror? How many know that? Like when you look back, you're like, oh, 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 that was pretty bad. Yeah, and it's so tempting sometimes to go back to it. Because the devil, he's a master deceiver. So we never run to the habit. We always run to the healer. We never run to the habit. We always run to the healer. And God showed me some things like, how, how do we break free? How do we really break free in life? And God showed me these things years ago. I, I presented them a long, long time ago, well more than a, a decade ago. And, and yet the truth is still right here. I, I want to teach you how to get real, how to get real. How, how to break free from a habit, from an addiction, from a mindset, from, from the old way of living. This is, how to, this is how to break free. And it's just something, it's easy to remember. I just need to get real. The R stands for repent. Write that down. If you're taking notes, repent. If you want to break free, you've got to repent. You've got to repent. I'm going to read some verses to you very quickly. 1 John 1.9 says this. And you know this, but if we confess our sins to him, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness, not just from a little bit, not just from half of it, not from three quarters of it, not from seven eighths. He cleanses us from all wickedness. Everybody say that word all. That's a powerful word there, isn't it? He cleanses us from all 
wickedness. That means when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ in repentance, your past is not just gone. It is fully gone. It is fully erased, not just part of it. All of it has been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we stand in right standing before God because when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all wickedness. Isn't that great news, everybody? And you say, wow, that is, that is wonderful news, but Justin, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand my badness. And if you understood my badness, you know that God really couldn't do that. You, you would know that God isn't really going to forgive me. I've just done too much. I've just went too far. I, I, just, I just knowingly sinned against God. And how could he ever forgive me? Can I tell you something? Every single one of us in this room have knowingly sinned against God. It's the nature of sin, everybody. You see that? We've knowingly sinned against God, knowingly, and yet he's faithful and he's just and he forgives us when we confess it. Not only that, if you think, if you think I've just gone too far, here's what Psalm 51, 17 says, the sacrifice you desire, and this, this is a prayer to God, this is words to God, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, oh God. God never rejects, listen, new song, he never rejects a repentant heart, never. There's some people that I've met in the past that said, you know what, I really believe that I've committed the unforgivable sin, and I'm just broken inside, I'm torn up inside, and and I just want to be in right relationship with the Lord, and I tell them these verses and say, no, 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 hey, listen, God never, he never rejects a broken and repentant heart. And if you come before the Lord broken and repentant, I promise you, you have not committed the unforgivable sin because it's impossible. Because then, then, then you would be making God out to be a liar. But the Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. That if you come before him broken and repentant, then you are able to receive his forgiveness. Amen? That's what it says. I didn't write that verse. The Holy Spirit wrote that verse. Yeah, I, can go, I can go further. Psalm 51, 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Watch this. And make me willing to obey you. Have you ever prayed that prayer? Like I have. Like God, there's some places in my life that, 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 that I'm kind of enjoying and I don't know that I want to give it up, but I think you're calling me to it. Oh, Father, make me willing to obey you. And if you're praying that prayer, everybody, that's a powerful prayer. Oh, God, make me willing to obey you. And you're, you're giving God access to the entirety of your heart. Can I tell you something, everybody, that as much as, you know, I, I, I talked to my dad before he passed. He said, he was, he was a passionate follower of Christ for years and years and years. And he said he got to a point in his life that he said, well, finally, he said, finally, I really believe that God just had everything in me. But he had thought that for years until he discovered Something else. And then there was something else. 
And then there was something else. Oh, oh, God, you're still purifying me. You're still sanctifying me. Thank you, Father. And he finally got to this point. He's like, now I think God has all of me. I, I think he does. <laughs> and I thought, oh, good. There's hope for Justin. There's hope for Justin. <laughs> Woo. Lord, make me willing to obey you in everything. God, I want to obey you. I want to obey you. Let me, let me ask you a question. Does the devil give you that heart? Would, would, the devil t- would the devil tempt you to pray a prayer like that? How many know, if you, if you pray this prayer, Father, make me willing to obey you, how many know that that is a prayer that was given to you by the Holy Spirit? See, 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 he loves you. Oh, he loves you. His grace is immeasurable. His mercy, immeasurable. Can I tell you something new, Song? Run to the healer. Don't run to the habit. Run to the healer. And if you run to him and say, Father, heal me. Set me free. Make me willing to obey you. Father, do this work. Have mercy upon me, God. I repent. I repent. God always says yes. Always. Always. Why? Because his word says he does. And it's impossible for him to lie. Well, what is repentance? It's a change of mind that leads to a change of direction. It really means a change of mind. That's what it literally means. People say, well, repentance is a change of direction. No, it's not. It's not. That's not what the word means. It means it's a change of mind. The way I used to think, I think no longer. I have repented of that. Therefore, I'm walking in a new direction. You see that? Therefore, I've turned my back on that. Now I'm heading in a new way because I realized that way was wrong. And I've repented of that. I've had a change of mind. I've had a change of heart. And that led to a change of direction. You see how that works? So we repent. We repent. God, I've had a change of mind. God, my my habits, they're they're making me miserable. they're, They're not from you, God. They're not... They're not meant to be in my life. Father, I repent of those things. I hate those things in me. I hate the sin in me. I hate the weaknesses in me. And I need your power in my life. Make me willing to obey you. Isn't that great stuff? Isn't that great stuff? God always says yes. The second thing, the first one is repent, R. The second one, get real, is expose, E, expose. You got to expose it. You got to expose it. You have to take that sin, you have to take that habit, you have to take that mindset, and you have to open up in front of somebody and say, hey, listen, I've got to expose this in my life. Secret sins are powerful sins. The power of sin is in its secrecy, is what we say here at New Song. But when secret sins are exposed, when habits are exposed, when old mindsets are exposed, they lose their power. When anything in darkness is revealed to the light, the light takes over. That's what the Word of God says. And so we expose them. I love this in Acts chapter 19, and starting verse 18. I'm going to read this out of the New King James Version. It says, And many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. So they had a repentant heart. They believed in Jesus, and now they're exposing what has been in their life. Do you see that? Many who had believed came. They believed they had repented. They trusted Christ. They believed. And now they came confessing. And telling their deeds. And you stop right there. You say, well, that's embarrassing. 
Yep. I don't know what to tell you. It's very humbling to go up to somebody and say, I have sinned. It's very humbling to go to somebody and confess what you've done or what you've been doing or that mindset or that habit or that addiction. It's not easy, everybody, but it's good for you. And you, let me say it like this, and you know that a lot of things that are good for you are not easy. Exercise is good for us. But to 99% of us in this room, it ain't easy, is it? You, you know what I'm talking about. Like you, you tell your kids to eat your peas, and, and that's not easy for them, but you know it's good for them, right? And so when we expose things in our lives, listen, you, you got to expose it to the right person. You got to expose it to the one who's not going to condemn you or judge you, who's actually going to lovingly come beside you and say, hey, I, you know what? I love you anyway. And we're going to make this, and I'm going to help you. I'm going to be here for you. That's who you expose it to, to somebody who's mature in Christ, not somebody who's going to gossip about it, tell everybody else about it. you got to expose it to the right person. Watch what they did. Many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. How many know they were serious about their repentance? They were serious about exposing it, and they counted up the value of them or of the books, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Can I tell you something? When you expose things in your life, there's going to be some things that you're going to have to give up, things that were of value to you, you're going to have to give them up. Let, Let me give you one of the one of the more common ones. When people have come and they've repented and they expose what they've been doing, the habits, the, the places that they've been going, the, the things that they've been doing when they get to those places, the friends that they have, and I would look to them and say, hey, listen, those aren't the friends that you need to hang around with right now. Those aren't the friends. And I know they're of value to you. I know you consider them valuable in your life, but right now, you need to give up those friends because they are dragging you down and they are sucking you back into that old mindset and that is not the will of God for you. If you want to be a fool, the Bible says, hang around fools. But if you want to be wise, you need to hang around the wise. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not going to go back to them one day and win them to Jesus. But right now, you're, you're going to stop acting the way that you used to act. And I know it's of value, but you need to cut that off. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just the truth that when you expose it, there are some changes that are going to have to be made in your life. Letter A, we have R for repent, E for expose, A for accountable. You need to be accountable. So you need to expose it, but not just expose it one time. You need to keep it exposed. You need to stay accountable to somebody. You know this verse. I, I say it all the time, James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. So we are accountable to one another, that we, we come to each other and we just confess what our lives are, what's happening in our lives, what our mindset is, what our habits are, what, what our weaknesses are. We, we come out, we expose it once, but then we keep it exposed. We expose it once and then we keep it exposed. We stay accountable. 
So, so, so one of the primary, let me stop right there and say one of the primary ways to do this, one of the first stops in this lesson is to do this in your family. It's just to do this in your family. So one of the things that, that me and my family do, and I'm, I'm just to say there, there's a special relationship between a dad and his boys. And, and with me and my boys, we just hold each other accountable. We just ask each other questions. Hey, how you doing? How's your mindset? Is there anything we need to talk about? Is there any hidden sin in your life? And I'll ask my boys that. And sometimes I have to tell them, hey, hey, you're not asking me that. You need to ask me. Because I'm not just holding you accountable. I want you to hold me accountable. And they think, and they're wrong in this, everybody. They think dad's perfect. How many know that my kids are wrong? Mom, you, you should have put your hand up right then because you know. Her son is not perfect. I mean, her son is not. Like my, I want my, I want my children to ask me, Dad, how are you doing? And I'm going to be honest with them. And I have to remind them, you need to ask me. Okay, Dad, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so you always say fine. You know, like, well, no, not if you would have asked me five days ago, maybe I wouldn't have said. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you have to be accountable. And the best place to start is husbands and wives, parents and children. That's the best place to start. But then you need to be honest. You need to expose some things to your, your small group leader. You need to stay accountable to your small group leader or to, to somebody who has a voice in your life, somebody who's more mature, somebody who, who loves you unconditionally. You just got to expose it, and then you got to keep it exposed. You have to stay accountable. You have to stay accountable. The last one is then, this is the good stuff, everybody. This is ending on the good note. When you get real, you repent, you expose it, you're accountable, and then you're liberated. Then you're liberated. I, I got to share with these, these verses with you. Galatians 5.1 says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So if somebody says, well, why have you been set free for freedom? Well, why, what? Huh? See, a lot of people don't understand that verse. Why did Jesus set you free, new song? It is for freedom that you've been set free. It is for freedom that you have been Set free. So why did Jesus set you free? So you can be free. <laughs> You're like, why? Well, I don't really get that. Well, watch this. Keep going. Stand firm then and don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Slavery. Don't go back to the habit. You stay in the presence of the healer. It, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. See, I'm not meant to live in that old mindset. I'm not meant to live in that old habit. I am meant to be free in Christ Jesus, to be liberated, to, to always have a smile on my face, knowing that I'm not the man I used to be, that I have been made new, and I am in right standing with God. It is for freedom that Christ set me free. He didn't set me free to put me under a bunch of rules and regulations. He set me free so that I could be in relationship with him, so that I can enjoy my every single day. He set me free so that I could live a life of joy and peace and happiness in the Holy Ghost. Come on, everybody. I'm preaching better than you're amening. That's all I got to say. Come on, everybody. He set us free so that we could be free, really free, truly free. 
like loving Jesus free, loving life type of freedom. I'm talking loving others type of freedom. That's why he set us free, not to be who we used to be. No, we've been made new. Now we're free. We were slaves. Remember those days? Man, I was such a slave to sin. But not anymore. Because Jesus set me free. (sighs) Why? Because he wanted me to be free. Because he loved me. He loved setting me free. See, God wants me to live a joyful life. A peace-filled life. A life of hope. That's who, that's who he wants me to be. A hope-filled, joy-filled, spirit-filled believer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for setting me free. Galatians 5.13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But don't use your freedom to indulge the flesh. <laughs> that's your old life. That's your old self. That's your old nature. Don't live your life back there. I was miserable. Remember those days? It was miserable. Don't do that. No, no, no. No. You were called to be free. So serve one another humbly in love. (laughs) Jesus set us free so we could be free really free. And in that freedom, we are free to love God and we're free to love others. We're free to love God and we're free to love others and we do that in all humility because we know we know who we were and we know who we would be without Jesus. What a wretched man I was without Jesus. What a wreck. I was without Jesus. How many agree with me that you were just a wreck before Jesus? But he set you free, didn't he? Oh, he's so good. Can we just lift our hands and bless the Lord for a moment? Oh, Father, thank you for setting us free. Oh, God, thank you for freedom in Christ Jesus. Thank you for healing us. Thank you that you gave us the spirit, the spirit that would draw us to you. The spirit that would teach us not to go back to our old habits, but to run to the healer. Oh, thank you for your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for drawing us, for teaching us, for convicting us, for for calling us closer to Jesus. Oh, we celebrate our freedom today, God. We celebrate freedom in Jesus. We are no longer slaves of sin. We're slaves of righteousness. We're slaves of joy. We're slaves of peace. We're slaves of hope. We have been set free. And we find we find ourselves in the presence of the healer, even in this very moment, and we worship you. We worship you. Come on, let's just bless the Lord for a moment. We worship you, O Lord. 
We bless your name. We bless your name. You've healed us, Lord. You've made us whole. You set us free. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. Spirit of the Lord reign in this place. Let freedom reign in this room. (laughs) Bless you, Lord. If you've not given your life to Jesus, this is the moment right here. Simply say this prayer, Jesus set me free. Jesus set me free. I will no longer run to my habit. I'm going to run to the healer. I'm not going to run to my sin. I'm going to run to a savior. (laughs) I give my life to you, Jesus. I surrender to you. Set me free, I pray. And we bless you. And we praise you. We bless you and we praise you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Can we just stand up in the presence of the Lord? Just in this attitude of worship, let's just raise our hands again to the Lord and just bless him for a moment. How many knows he deserves our praise? He does. Let's just bless him. Father, we bless you. We bless you, God. We bless you. We magnify you, Lord. Our healer, our strength, our hope, our joy, our life. You are our freedom. (laughs) We love you and we honor you and we bless you. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you. We exalt the name of our God. You are high and lifted up and worthy to be praised both now and forevermore. You are holy. You are righteous. You are strong. You are victorious. You never lose. You never give up. You are faithful. You're compassionate. You are merciful. Father, you are good. You are so good. And we love you. And we honor you. And we exalt you this day. And we praise the name of our God who has set us free. We praise you. We praise you. Come on, everybody. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. Let's do that. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life. And we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.